Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Guys Fantasy Football Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tim Goins, along with Eric Calvert and Adam Dolan. We are the Dynasty Guys. Week four is coming up. What has stood out to you guys so far, and what are you looking forward to seeing this week? Yeah, so I'll start us off. The most interesting thing, I, I, don't, I actually don't know if I can call it the most interesting thing, but the most surprising thing, I guess, so far has been the culmination of the chaos that is the Cleveland Browns offense. So I just... I know we've talked about this a million times in our offices, just about how whether or not we trust Freddie Kitchens and how we thought the offense was going to look. We knew they were super talented, and we trust Baker Mayfield as he just this high-flying Brett Favish type quarterback. But I was looking at their rankings. They're 24th in total yards and 27th in points. I don't think any of us expected that um, through their first three weeks of football. And I mean, they just do not look good. They do not look like a football team that's playing together. So, But I looked at their upcoming games. So the next five games, I think. Baltimore. San Francisco, Seattle, Pats, Denver, and the Bills. All of those teams are top 15 defenses. Yeah, so I just don't. Better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I definitely think they're going to get better, but their competition's also getting better. So we'll see what they can do have moving forward. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see if uh, Freddie Kitchens ends up relinquishing some play calling duties to Todd Munkin because Todd Munkin has kind of been known to be that high flying, you know, t- score a ton of points, might throw a lot of interceptions, but. As of right now, they've got to try something to try to get a little bit better. Right. And just one tidbit I saw earlier today was, so Baker Mayfield, you know, I love him. I'm an Oklahoma fan. So, But there was a statement today they had asked, I guess Rex Ryan had said something about him being overrated. The thing with Baker Mayfield is, and I'm sure he'll realize this, it's cute when you're winning games. But yep. when you're losing, the things you fire back with just aren't quite as cute. So the tolerance isn't there for when the production's not. So Yeah, we'll they don't see. have that we'll see impact. see how that goes. Hopefully they start winning games, but it, we'll see. Yeah, as OSU fan, I'd love to see it. I'm so tired of hearing Baker Mayfield run his mouth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not upset about that at all. Okay, we'll go into my most interesting thing. And I just kind of have two, like, stats for us here. So one of them is I saw a tweet that someone put out that said, Matt LaFleur has more wins than the seven other new coaches combined. That's kind of crazy because I, I feel like, at least in my mind, the Packers haven't had a great year. I know they're three and zero, but they seem to be kind of having the same issue. Can't get their offense going the way that we're used to and stuff like that. So that was kind of crazy to see how bad all of the new coaches have struggled. Right. Um, well, and I bet I'd have to go look this up, but I bet this is the first time they've had a top ten defense since they won the Super Bowl. I mean, and it's been ten years ago since Aaron Rodgers last won the Super Bowl. So yeah, and we'll see if they continue to do <laughs> right. that because they've kind of had some plus matchups as far as their defense is concerned. So I think this week we'll probably get a better idea of whether or not that defense is legitimate. Then the other thing, I have a, I have a question for you guys. Who do you think is the wide receiver 17 on the year? I don't know. It seems kind of random. Yeah, but obviously the way this is If phrased, we're talking about Green Bay, I'm going to guess Devontae that's Adams. That's what I was going to say. It, it is not Green Bay related. Okay. Um, AFC, NFC. I don't know. <laughs> I give up. Yeah, go ahead. Who is it? Philip Dorsett. Oh wow! Wow. So okay. as hey, as uh, he had two really good games and one bad game, and that bad game was the game that Antonio Brown had a good game. So he's one of those guys that if you believe in the talent, you believe in that offense, you can probably get him fairly cheap right now. Who has a pretty high upside guy? I think he's kind of that Chris Hogan of a few years ago type guy. Mm-hmm. So um, that really surprised me that he was that high. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing I saw was uh, was Kyle Allen for the you know for the Panthers filling in for Cam Newton. I'm going to talk about him more in a little bit, so I'm not going to get into much right now. But you know he's an undrafted free agent. Uh, very interesting coming out and throwing four touchdowns like that. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting was uh, uh, or that I want to see is Trevor Davis, and I'm going to talk about him too in just a little bit. So I don't want to go in too deep. But I'm just going to throw that hook out there. So if you're listening, um, we're going to hit on Trevor Davis here in a minute. You probably haven't heard of him much. Uh, he yeah, was, so, so with that said, yeah. he plays for? Oh, he plays for the Raiders. And he is now. A, he's a wide receiver. Okay. okay. <laughs> he's not <laughs> the water boy. He's not the water boy. He actually started the year on Green Bay, and he's been traded. So, okay. But we'll get into that here in a minute. But anyway, so let's get started with the show. We have a great show for you today. We have injury updates, roster moves, trade targets, projections, and we're going to end the show with our segment of the good, the bad, and the ugly, so stay with us. But first, let's take a look at the latest injury report and roster moves. 
Eric, why don't you get it started? Yeah, so I feel like I need to say this every week, but we record these either a Tuesday or a Wednesday, so a lot of times we don't have the most up-to-date information on injury reports, so good point. You know, keep, keep looking at this as the week goes on. Uh, we'll start with the Rams. Tyler Higby is expected to return this week, which I talked about last week, how he had the uh, he was coughing up blood and stuff like that, so if you're tight and needy, if you're maybe the Kittle owner and on by, he's an option. I don't know that he's a great option, but if he's all you got, he's all you got. So. Streamer. Yeah. Uh, Michael Crabtree was released from the Cardinals, which kind of surprised me. Um, I, in my mind, this further cements uh, Bird the as the Bird. wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. They still have Keyshawn Johnson on that team, but if you look at the snap counts, uh, Bird actually had the most snaps of any wide receiver, more than Fitz, more than Kirk. So I think he's the wide receiver three, and I'm sure uh, we've said this in the weeks past, but he's probably still available in most leagues. So if you believe in Kyler Murray and you think that offense will eventually start to you know, get better and better, he's an option to go out and try to grab. Uh, moving on to the Seahawks, Chris Carson fumbled, what, three <laughs> times in the past two weeks, I think? Something like that. And uh, that, that forced C.J. Procise on the field. Um, obviously, Shad Penny was hurt last week, so C.J. Procise got some carries there. Pete Carroll reiterated that he's the guy, and they're going to show him that. Um that, you know, he inferred that means that Chris Carson is going to continue to get the carries and stuff like that. And it seems like Pete Carroll is a huge Chris Carson fan. You know, you always have this coach speak and stuff like that you have to wade through. But everything that he said about Chris Carson up to this point has been true. So I tend to believe him. Uh, but with that said, Rashad Penny stock is probably going up. If you can get him and you don't believe in Carson, that's probably a good guy to go try to get. Or then, if you can sell him to the Carson owner. <laughs> yeah, that too. If the Carson owner is panicking right now and you can get a you know a good pick back or a player that you can use. Right. Um, and then staying on the Seahawks, uh, Will Disley had another solid game, so that's two games in a row that he's been pretty good. Six for 62 and a touchdown last week. Um, and to add to that, they traded away Nick Vanette. And Nick Vanette actually had the same amount of routes run last week. So you've got to assume that Will Disley is going to be the guy from here on out um they are i don't know if they're calling up luke wilson or if he wasn't on the practice squad and now he's just automatically on the team but luke wilson is coming back so there may be some split but at least for the near future i would say will disley is probably the guy there so um if he's available go grab him moving on to the 49ers uh jalen hurd is on the field and getting rehab work and looks like he could be available for week five um that wide receiver core who knows what's going to happen but if you like Jalen Hurd he was the best one in the preseason and if they're looking for somebody to come in and kind of create a spark he could be that guy so keep an eye on that and then um, Tevin Coleman has quote a good chance to be back by week five after the bye week this week so uh, Matt Breida Raheem Mostert probably gonna have some some downgrades there and then uh, just one more Trent Taylor is now on the IR so if you're holding on to him you may you may want to let him go if you need the roster spot. Uh, moving on to the Texans. They're working out C.J. Anderson, and this was on Tuesday, so yesterday. I haven't heard anything, so I don't know if that means that he's either. not going there. I looked and couldn't yeah. find anything. So so I, I kind of take that as maybe it didn't go so well, but something to Who pay knows? attention to. <laughs> right. I, I don't think that probably means that you're going to go try to get C.J. Anderson, but it may change how you view Duke Johnson or... Um, Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. Hyde. I mean, our, yeah. obviously they're not happy with the backfield right now. So yeah. How could they yeah. be? It's been pretty bad. Exactly. Some of that is uh, the definitely line-based. Line but <laughs> say a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, moving on to the wide receivers for that team, Kenny Stills out-snapped Kihi Kuti last week, 32-17. to 17. Um, You know, I would say both of those are the wide receiver three, but really Stills looks like he may be the wide receiver two, kind of taking over the Will Fuller role, and Will Fuller might be the wide receiver three. So that's something to look at. And then uh, Tyron Johnson was signed to the practice squad uh, after Vincent Smith was claimed by the Jets. I bring that up because Tyron Johnson went to OSU, and I'm an OSU (laughs) fan. Probably not going to be much, but just keep an eye on it. He's really fast, pretty good wide receiver. probably came out a little too early or maybe would have had some better draft capital but just somebody out there that if you have a really really deep league and you like that offense maybe you can go grab him moving on to the colts ty hilton has a quad injury did not practice today so i would say he's probably probably going to be out 
I don't think there's an obvious replacement for him, though, so I don't know that you're going to go grab a, a wide receiver from the Colts to try to fill in for that spot. It's uncommon that he's not on the injury reports. Right, so yeah. It's always something. Um, the Packers. Valdez Scantling had a great game again. Like I've been saying all along, he's the pretty clear wide receiver, too, there. Um, their guard, Lane Taylor, who also went to OSU, was on the IR, so um, that hurts the running backs. Uh, speaking of hurt running backs, Aaron Jones is out with a shoulder injury, and Jamal Williams, not out, excuse me, they are limited with a shoulder injury, and Jamal Williams has a neck injury. Looks like they're both going to play, but both kind of banged up, so that's something to keep an eye on. And then Jimmy Graham has the quad injury, which I don't know that you're playing Jimmy Graham to begin with, but something else to keep an eye on. Um, again, because we're doing this so early, it's really hard to know uh, what's going to happen, but none of these are looking great, so just keep an eye on them. And then Devin Singletary for the Bills still has the hamstring issue, hasn't practiced this week. Looks like he's probably going to be out another week, so go get your Frank Gore on. <laughs> They're okay. playing the Patriots, so keep, it, keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. yeah. Hedge your expectations yes. there a little bit. So um, on the Raiders, um, Trevor Davis was acquired via trade with Green Bay Packers, and I talked about this in the opening segment. That's kind of interesting. Um Trevor was he's been on he was on Green Bay for three years I think and hasn't has never really done much I think in week one this year he had one catch for 28 yards so that's kind of interesting because that was a tough game on Monday night for opening night or was that Thursday night I can't remember which that was Thursday night that that was was the very first game game, yeah so um, you know Coach Gruden has been trying to find a real speed guy and he's talked about that several times and I think he wants somebody not just as a punt returner, but to take the top off of the defense to kind of open up the underneath a little bit better. And, um, you know, this this guy is really fast. So it could be that he's maybe found the guy he wanted. I mean, they're, they traded um, – part of the trade was a 2020 undisclosed draft pick. So, um, you know, it, there's, there's a little bit of stock in this guy to make, make sure he's successful. So, you know, if you're on a deeper league, I would definitely – Keep his name in mind. Monitor him. Even if you have room on your roster and you just have somebody you don't care about at all, you might even want to pick him up now before he gets expensive. Now, he could be a complete dud. We don't know. I'm not I'm not predicting that he's going to come out and be a, a, a star, and it might even take him a while to be relevant. But at least it's a, it's a situation that has some potential. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I saw a news blurb today that Hunter Renfro needs to get more work, according yeah. to John Gruden. And if he wants Hunter Renfro to get more work, he needs to get some people down the field that they need to cover. So right. that could help yeah. him. Could work together. Yep. Right. Uh, for the Chiefs, Damian Williams, uh, he didn't play last week. He's still hurting this week. Again, like we keep mentioning, we don't have the latest injury report yet. So monitor that situation. LaShawn McCoy... Um, apparently re-aggravated last week's ankle injury in the fourth quarter this past week. So again, monitor that situation. Um, and then kind of on a funny note, last week uh, I reported that uh, Byron Pingle was signed to the practice squad. And then I saw him catch a pass in the game. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Um, so I go back and look. And sure enough, two days later, he was re-signed to the active roster. Now, again, he is at the bottom of the wide receiver pool there. But Anybody that's catching passes from Patrick Mahomes on the on the Chiefs defense, I mean Chiefs offense, has a lot of potential, and he's probably only an, another injury away from, you know, being fantasy relevant. So yeah, I mean, it seems like with this Chiefs Chief offense, you could take a high school kid that's fast, and they're going to do fine because Mahomes can get them the ball. I mean, it's right. it's like it's plug and play for anybody. So if you have an injury, who knows who's going to step up, and it very well could be Pringle. Right. Um. So there's another uh, roster move I wanted to talk about here. Um, The Chargers signed tight end Lance Kendricks. Um, He was was the only tight end to catch a pass this past week, which kind of surprised me. So you might keep an eye on that. Hunter Henry doesn't return until the middle of October, and that's just the plan date. There's no telling. It might take him longer to heal. So monitor that situation. Um, on the Broncos, Royce Freeman. Just one thing, yeah, one thing to good. add about the mm-hmm. Charters too. There's a story. Melvin Gordon looks like he's planning to end his holdout. We don't obviously know, but it's just right. a, 
They say early. They say October, but it could be sooner. So yeah. hey, you gotta. <laughs> rumors are rumors, but I'll, I'll yeah. believe it when I see. Yeah, it. Love Bell was gonna come back all last year. That's true. So uh, for the Broncos, Royce Freeman, he just you know he left the game briefly against the Packers this past week. He missed a few plays, but then he came back. Um, he would have had a little better fantasy day, except he had a, a touchdown called back. So uh, monitor him, but I think he's practicing. So if he's good to go, um, you know, he's probably a decent start, except they're playing the Jaguars. So not sure how that's going to work out, but just monitor the situation. Uh, on the Saints, you know, Drew Brees has been out um, last week with uh, with his hand injury. He's going to be out about six weeks is what they're estimating. Teddy Bridgewater filled in. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in here because uh, – Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara both had decent days. I think they're going to remain fantasy relevant. I don't think we want to downgrade them too much. Obviously, they probably don't have the same potential they had, but I don't think they're going to be lacking a lot. And I think we we talked about this last week. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater, although he's no Drew Brees, I don't think he's a big step down in, in talent as far as getting them the ball. So, Yeah, he's um, definitely one of the better backups in the league. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say this week they're playing the Cowboys, who look to have a pretty solid defense. So mm-hmm. you may not expect, you know, wide receiver one or running back one type numbers, but they're still going to be fine. Right. The only thing I think will maybe hurt to start is Ted Ginn's production, and it kind of showed a little bit in this past week. So uh, watch what he does this week, and the, and maybe the next week. I think as Bridgewater fills in a little bit better, gets a little bit more comfortable in the offense and with these players and gets more um, first-team reps in practice, I think. Um, again, will probably, you know, have a little bit more production. But until then, temper your expectations on that. On the Buccaneers, uh, in case anybody cares, they placed uh, quarterback Blaine Gabbert on eight-week injured reserve. Nobody out there probably has him on their roster. If you do, you might want to look at dropping him and put someone else on, but just letting you know in case you didn't. Um, for the Panthers, of course, Hold on, I want to no, go back go to that just mm-hmm. for a second. It seems insignificant that he is on the IR, but honestly, part of my concern with Jameis Winston is he could be benched at any time if he throws five picks in a game. I don't think that's ever going to happen now with – essentially a third string quarterback so that might solidify Jameis Winston and make him a little more comfortable where he feels like he doesn't have someone breathing down his neck it could yeah and he's he's actually been playing a little better the last couple of weeks yeah and I'm not saying that Blaine Gabbert was that guy but I mean you saw it with Fitzpatrick last year where it was just in and out and in and out now he's solidified where he's going to be the guy for the rest of the year yeah. You know, if that were me, that would help my mindset a little bit. Yeah, you're probably safe to start him and not have to worry about him getting benched during the game, that's right. for sure. Also, Chris Godwin mispracticed today with a hip. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. So we, I mean, I don't I hope, think there's anything to it, but... hope they're just resting. Yeah. yeah. For the Panthers, Cam Newton dealing with a Liz, a Liz Frank injury. Um, they're not sure how long he's going to be sidelined. They did call him already out for this next week. Um, like I talked about at the, at the beginning of the show, um, undrafted free agent Kyle Allen stepped in, did a great job. I mean, he was 19 for 26 for 261 and four touchdowns. And, I mean, he looked sharp to me, um, so sharp that I actually picked him up in our league of record. Just I know that they have Will Greer there. Will Greer has a lot of uh, draft stock being in the third-round draft pick as opposed to Kyle Allen, who's an undrafted free agent. Um, Will Greer actually had a slightly better uh, completion percentage in the preseason, but he also threw three interceptions uh, compared to Kyle Allen's zero. So I think that maybe they trust Kyle a little bit more to run the offense without turning the ball over. And if he continues to do what he did this past week, and I realize it probably wasn't as hard um, – against the team he was playing as it might be the next few weeks. But if he goes out and throws three or four touchdowns in the next two or three weeks, if Cam still stays sideline and no interceptions and they win, they're going to have a hard time pulling him. Yeah, I this mean, is going to be the Romo-Dak situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just, you know, I'm I'm telling people this because if you have room on your roster, you might want to pick him up. I mean, we've lost a lot of good quarterbacks this year so far where we're having to scramble to put replacements in and he might be one that you could pick up and, and play well. Now 
he also could come out this next week and throw three picks and get benched. So, and Cam Newton could come back pretty soon. So we don't know, but you know, we'll just, we'll have to wait and see. But well, the thing is with those guys, you have to be early. You do. And if you get him now, you're going to get him cheap. If he has another blow up game, it's just going to cost more. And if he right. has a bad game, you drop him and pick up the next guy. It's right. not that big of a deal. Great point. Yeah. And that's exactly why we're talking about them as early as we can. Yeah. Cause they do have a lot of potential. For the Patriots, uh, Julian Edelman, talking too fast, got excited, or he exited the game against the Jets with a chest injury and did not return. Um, the x-rays came back negative, so there's a lot of optimism that he'll be good to go for week five. You know how Bill Belichick and the Patriots are never too forthcoming in their injury report, so you know we probably won't know his availability until game day. Play him if he's dressed and ready to go, obviously. Um, James Devlin was placed on IR. He's a fullback for the Patriots. Now, you probably didn't have him on your dynasty team, but he is key for blasting holes for Sony Michelle to run through. So if you have Sony Michelle and you've been struggling a little bit, it might not get better for a while. I'm not sure they really have a replacement for him. Yeah. So um, anyway. However, it would be very Patriot-esque. For him to be the RB1 for right. the rest of the year without Devlin. It, it would. It would. And I'm not saying yeah, I'm not saying that it can't happen. It would also be Patriot-esque where they put, you know, Burkhead in at the fullback and all of a sudden he's a leading receiver. I mean, you yes. just never know what they're going to do. Right. So That's true. All right, Adam, who do you have? Yeah, so I'll start with Washington. Jordan Reed is out this week with a concussion. but we Shocker. Saw, yeah. <laughs> we saw reports that say that he should be back this year, so that's positive. I you know, we always have the concern when you have as many concussions as him, a guy just may not come back. So we'll see what happens with him. At some point, the NFL has to step in and be like, enough is enough. Right. Man. I'm assuming that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and him himself, he should be right. focused on that. So, um, yeah, I see here Keenum did not practice today due to a foot injury. Um, they said they're going to monitor that. Dwayne Haskins would be the starter if that was the case. So I'm not so sure you're starting Dwayne Haskins. You might. It might be a stream. I have no idea, but we don't know what to expect. So. Um, just keep an eye on him. I would be scared to start Dwayne Haskins, but I would not be scared to start Case Keenum if he actually plays. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Haskins is a shot in the dark He's definitely for sure. a good streaming option this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas uh, gallops out still two to four weeks was the original um, time frame, but we have no idea. We'll monitor that as that goes forward. Tavon Austin is questionable. I'm not sure you're starting him, but... I think as this offense goes forward, we may be able to talk about them more in the same names as the Rams and the Chiefs and that these guys are plug-and-play guys, and yeah. any week they can go off. So that's why I mentioned a guy like Devin Smith. His targets share or his targets went up from three to five from last week to this week, or this last, I'm sorry, two weeks ago to this last week. So I think he's a good stash play. He's a speedster guy. We know the NFL's going that direction, so he's definitely a good guy to keep an eye on and get right now while you can. Especially with Kellen Moore taking over. I know we've talked about this last week, but just the down-the-field plays that they've shown through the first three weeks. I know the competition's weak, but they just did not have that last year. And in the past, obviously. Um, so with Philly, Deshaun Jackson's doubtful. I think I just saw that he's out. Um, Alshon's supposedly good to go for yeah. tomorrow night against um, Green Bay. So we'll see. Monitor that also. But um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're playing Alshon, even if he's in. He's Green scary to me. To well, even I mean, even if he's in, I don't know that he's fully healthy. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you may not have an option if he's the best option on your roster, but he scares me this week. Right. So staying with the NFC East, Saquon's out four to eight weeks. Um, the stories we're seeing are it's probably going to be the latter, yeah. the later time um, that obviously um, moves up uh, Gallman. To the starting running back, we're hearing rumors or reading rumors that J.H.I. is out there. He's getting healthy, so keep an eye on him. He may be worth a stash if you have a spot, just in case. He may end up on another roster. We have no idea, but he's definitely a guy. There are lots of teams that need running backs, so or that could use at least that running back depth. So I would keep an eye on both of those guys, obviously. It always amazes me with someone like Ajayi. Like you have C.J. Anderson, who's getting worked by a team like the Texans. And you have Jay Ajayi, who's obviously more explosive. I mean, he's he's probably going to hurt himself at some point, but I would rather pay the $3 million and get five or six really good games than pay less and have C.J. Anderson, you know, plodding down the field at, you know, two miles an hour. It, it yeah. always is crazy to me how the NFL works. For sure. Yeah, so we've got uh, Daniel Jones was obviously in last week. He looked great. 
Um, so I say that in the same breath that I say this guy, they've got a rookie, Darius Slayton, who was back from a hamstring injury this week or this last week. He went three catches on five targets for 82 yards. Obviously, that's a one-week sample. We have no idea what we're going to see moving forward. But as I said with Devin Smith, we have no idea what we're going to see from their offense with Daniel Jones moving forward. He seems to be a more viable quarterback than um, Eli Manning, so he's definitely somebody that I would take a look at, maybe stash just in case. Um, on to Pittsburgh. Rudolph was in. They struggled. Um, I'll say this again. I say it every week. Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell Jr. I think are still great guys to stash if they're still out on the waiver wire. James Conner seems to be a walking injury most of the time, and when he's not injured, he's banged up. So definitely keep those guys in mind. When he's not injured, he's injured? Yes. Yeah. Well, his, <laughs> he's not injured on the report. Yeah, his snap counts down quite a bit this year over last year, too. So what was, what was interesting, yeah. though, I heard some people talking about it, and it's actually been going up week over week, and there hasn't been much difference in production. So I think he started the week or the year around 60%, and now he's up to 80-something percent and. Well, his carries, his carries and yeah. touches haven't changed. It's like he can be on the field as much as he wants, but if he's not getting the volume, yeah, what's right. it going to matter? Um, Vance McDonald's questionable with a shoulder injury. They, he was seen in a sling, but I'm reading reports saying that he should be good to go for Monday night's game against Cincinnati. So keep an eye on that. They, I know you mentioned this earlier, but they traded for Seattle's tight end, Nick Bennett. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure that he's a streamable option. Yeah, uh, that says more about McDonald though, it than it does Vanette, I think. Right, um, and we don't know what the move means. They could just be getting depth at that position, yeah. so we'll see. I think that's more of a guy that you wait and see what happens moving forward. Yeah. But uh, we know McDonald is the same way. He's a walking injury. A lot of these tight ends seem to be this way. So, um, Cleveland, I'm not even going to talk about them. Higgins has a <laughs> knee. He's questionable with a knee, but their whole offense is questionable right now, so I know we talked about I talked about that in my most interesting things. I'd like to see, though, when Higgins comes back because he seemed to have a good connection with Baker. I mean, I know he's probably not as good as Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, but if you've got a connection with the quarterback, I mean, he was hitting him in stride, uh, especially in the preseason, just boom, boom, and throwing touchdown you know, darts to him. So, I don't know. Again, they're having a lot of issues on offense, but I'd like to see what happens when he comes back. I think it's going to be interesting. Right. We need to open up that playbook a little bit. Um, so, Baltimore, Mark Andrews, and Hollywood Brown are don't have a designation this week. Um, I just watching the game, both of those guys looked unhealthy to me. Yeah. So I don't know what to make of their pro- or lack of production, I guess. Especially against a very plus matchup in Kansas City. Well, the uh, thing is, like, Hollywood was never actually fully healthy. Right. I mean, he had really big blow-up games, but he was getting, like, 14% snap shares and stuff like that. He just happened to have a lot of production. So I, I don't think that's probably something new. I think it's just him getting over the injury that he's had for... You know, it's the same injury that Cam Newton had, that Liz Frank that he's had for nine or ten months now. Right. Mm -hmm. I just felt like last week was the first week I saw him look unhealthy. You know, like, I know the competition they were playing the first few weeks wasn't much, but he looked healthy. Mark Andrews looked healthy. But watching the game last week, they just looked slower. I I don't know what else. because they were on the same field as Nicole Hardman. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. That's that's a good point. Um, The Vikings, Stephon Diggs has no designation this week. He just looks terrible. Um on the field production wise so. so i'm a big Diggs fan i think he's one of the best receivers in the league he's obviously tied down to this quarterback though what do you guys think that means for his immediate and further on future well i think it's a major problem and the reason is because the vikings are still winning football games and they seem to be a run dominant football team yeah I, I don't i'm thinking if i'm a head coach why fix it if it's not broken so I don't. I, I'm not sure. I can see. I, I see him getting better, obviously production-wise. I think the volume's going to go up, but I don't see the Vikings going away from their running game. Well, I agree because when you're an offensive coordinator and your predecessor was fired because they didn't run the ball enough, I don't yeah. think you're going to step out on a limb and start throwing it. So, yeah, yeah that's sad to see because he's one of the it best. Is. Route they have a ton of weapons. League. Look at. I, I'll talk about Kyle Rudolph later, but. He looks like, I mean, he just looks awful, but he's definitely a good tight end. They're yeah. hyping him all offseason. They paid I'm, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. they're talking about they're going to use him a lot more. And what is he? I think he's had five total catches mm-hmm. the whole year. So, yeah. I mean. And they and did he, that last year, too. Right. They did the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a definition of an insanity. It's yeah. Like <laughs> right. Except they're Continue winning. to draft him. Yeah. Um, anyway, so on to Chicago, lastly, Taylor Gabriel is questionable. He had a concussion last week after his monster game. 
uh, we'll monitor that, that goes forward. I haven't seen them pass the protocol, so I'm I'm not sure we're starting them. Who are they playing this week? No. Well, I, I don't think you're starting Gabriel if they're playing the Dolphins. I mean, you just can't trust right. that offense at all, and especially the probably the third option on that offense. If you have an extra flex, maybe you're throwing him in there in case for the high ceiling. I don't know. So yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next segment. This is trending up, trending down players. So we're going to be talking about, you know, those that uh, are probably moving in value. I have Chris Thompson for the uh, for the Redskins. Case Keenum's throwing a lot right now. Um, the Redskins always seem to be playing from behind. I'm not sure that's going to change anytime soon. And that bodes well for Thompson's usage. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson is the first, second down guy. But I did see... You know, Thompson out there a little bit more, especially when they got behind later. And Keenum likes to dump passes off to him. So I just see his his value moving up for a while. Well, Thompson has always been a great running back. It's the longevity concern. And it, yes. it's good and bad when he starts playing more because he gets better at fantasy. But then you get more and more worried that you know that yeah. injury is coming. So right. you just you have to hope. Right. Okay, um, we'll move on to my trending up players. Um, a few of these guys I've already mentioned, Will Disley, uh, Rashad Penny for the Seahawks. I think everybody's kind of got their eye on them, so we'll just move on. Um, the main one I wanted to talk about was Jacoby Brissett. Still, people seem to think he's not a very good quarterback, and the Colts have just done nothing everybody but play but well. <laughs> yeah. Everybody but me. I've been high on him. Go I mean, ahead. he's averaging around 18 fantasy points a game, which isn't great, but it's not bad. And he's only going to get more and more comfortable. Um, and he's available in a lot of leagues. So I think, as you said, with all of the quarterback issues that have happened so far, and we've lost a lot of big-name quarterbacks, he's one of those guys that you can go out and get and be pretty confident week to week that he'll get you a, a decent floor. I don't know that he has that ceiling, but he has that good floor, and if he decides to run, which he's shown in the past he can do a little bit of, that can help with his ceiling. So to me, he's trending up, even though it seems like not many people are paying attention to him. Well, and he's got some good weapons, and especially if uh, T.Y. plays. So, Well, and I think a good comp for him would be Dak Prescott of the last three years. I right. mean, he's surrounded by a great offensive line, he's got a great running game, and he's got some weapons on the outside. Obviously uses his legs a little bit, so yeah. he definitely is a guy, I agree with you, that has that high floor. Maybe not that astronomical ceiling that the Patrick Mahomes has, but he's definitely going to get you a solid 18 to 20 points a week. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned Dak. Dak was that way right. for three years, and now all of a sudden he does have that ceiling based off of the Amari Cooper and the Michael Gallup and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously this being Dynasty, you can stash these guys and play them and get your floor, but hope that as time goes on, they they can reach that ceiling you're looking for. Well, and his head coach is a ex-quarterback, so... Yeah. He, he he knows he knows Jacoby's struggles and probably how to make him better. So yeah. Okay, so you're gonna talk. Yeah, about yeah, I'm I'm done. Okay, so I'll, I have Kyle Allen on here, but we've talked about him. 19 to 26, 261 yards and four touchdowns. That's clear that he's on his way up, but we'll see if he continues to go that direction. Um, but I've also got Tony Pollard on here. Um, I mean. I don't want to say this as a Cowboy fan, but he's one injury away from being an absolute workhorse back. Yeah. I, I think it's odd. They still gave him 16 touches last week. I don't know how much to make of it. They're playing the Miami Dolphins. But I see, and maybe I'm looking too much into this, but the Cowboys signed Zeke to eight more years. They have to have this spellback, guys. So I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Tony Pollard gets 15 touches a game. And I think on that offense, if you give him 15 touches, he's a valid flex play. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, he's a great option because just like you said, they're they're tied to Zeke for eight years now. They're not going to run him into the ground like you see some of these other running backs. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets, you know, 30, 35% uh, snap share in that offense. Right. Yeah, and so last, my guy, Devontae Freeman. Um, he's been a definite disappointment to start the season, but it looks like his, at least his carries are increasing every week. Um, I just... And we were talking about this earlier, but I think this is the downside of not playing your guys in the preseason. I think it, I, I, it almost in my mind, I feel like the season is starting today <laughs> because it, it seems like a lot of these offenses are just taking so long to get rolling. I mean, look yeah. at the Rams offense. They don't look anything like they did last year, but I guarantee you in 10 weeks, this Rams offense will at least be similar to what it was last year. So I just think 
I don't know what to think about it. I just don't. I don't like that these players don't play in the preseason because I feel like guys like older guys like the Devonte Freemans struggle to get started and well, their offenses. It's funny you mentioned the Rams because it's the exact same thing. Right. They didn't play them in the preseason, and they don't look good. Well, it was it's a trend around the league. I mean, yeah. obviously, Chicago's not doing it. They didn't play any of their guys, and Trubisky clearly needed to play preseason games. I mean, it seems like all teams are not playing their starters, and if they are playing them, they're getting a series or two, and then they're out of the game. So their first few weeks are preseason games, or what yeah. would have been. Okay, let's move on to the next uh, half of this segment, the players that are trending down. Adam, won't you continue? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and talk about uh, our boy Kirk Cousins that we talked about just a little bit ago. Um, he's averaging 14.5-ish points per game, and I just think that's very underwhelming for him. I mean, I know he was uh, my ugly starter last week. He's playing a very plus matchup against Oakland. Philly, mm-hmm. Oakland. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was Oakland. Regardless, he's playing a not very good defensive right. secondary, and he just cannot produce. I don't... I'm not sure what to see moving forward, but I just don't see any signs of them changing. I'll just repeat what I said before. I see them running the football, and he is not taking advantage of the opportunities that he does have to throw it. The Vikings are so weird because they spend all their money on the passing game. I mean, they have Diggs, Thielen, and Cousins all locked up for you know decent contracts. I mean, and Cousins Rudolph. is a, yeah, and Rudolph, and Cousins is like a top five paid quarterback in the league, I think. And then they just yes. don't throw the ball. I mean, that blows my mind that they put all that money into it, and that's why. I feel like it has to turn around at some point, but it doesn't look like it's going to. He, I don't know what to say with yeah. that. He has to make the throws at the time, and I just don't think he's going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched him as a Cowboys fan for so long, and I was sad to see him go, to yeah. say the least. So if you have Kirk Cousins and Jacoby Brissett on your team, who do you start? Brissett for me. Yes. I mean, I, I still think it's matchup-based. I mean... Kirk Cousins is still going to get you an okay floor. It's just he's not going to get you those big-time weeks that he used to get you. Right? Yeah, and I would say Brissett is in a tougher uh, defensive mm-hmm. division. He's mm-hmm. got the Texans and the Jaguars, so matchups do play some part in that. But overall, I think on the year, Brissett's probably the better quarterback. I agree. And secondly, my next guy is Chris Carson. We've talked about him a little bit, but I just – the history of the RBBC, it seems like – that Pete Carroll went to after Marshawn left. I just, I don't know what to expect from him. So I, the fumbles are obviously a concern that causes, I feel like almost demons come into your head. You start to think about that instead of doing your job and running the football. So that's definitely a concern. He's trending down for me. The good thing about the Seahawks is even if they have a RBBC, they run the ball so much, they can yeah. all be productive, even right. if there's three of them. So. And I think they'll, I think they'll get much better. I just, from what we're seeing right now, it's not good from them, or yeah. at least from the running game. Yeah. Okay, I've got Marquise Lee, wide receiver, Jacksonville Jaguars. You might forget that because he doesn't play much anymore. <laughs> He's no longer listed on the injury report. Um, this last week he was inactive as Healthy uninjured. Scratcher. Yes. So downgrade him until further notice. Don't know what's going on there, but – He's well, not getting anything. They've got Chark kind of emerging, and they do, and then yeah, and they got D.D. Westbrook. So yeah, and Conley, who's looked pretty yes, good. True. So you know, Conley too. Right. And D.D. has butterfingers, and he's yeah. still man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on from a D.D. to a Kiki. Um, mine is Kiki Q.T. Like I mentioned earlier, it really looks like uh, Kenny Stills has kind of taken over as that second option, and Sean Watson seems to favor him. Kiki. Could still be dealing with an injury, um, but right now in that offense, he looks like the third or fourth best option. So I would say he's trending down. I had high hopes for him coming into this year. So he's one of them. And then as we talked about earlier, uh, Stephon Diggs, unfortunately, just doesn't look he's going to return on any value that you took him for. So Okay, great. Thanks. So let's move on to the next segment. This is trade targets and people it's time to move on from. So we're going to start with trade targets. I have Darwin Thompson. Um, you know, the the Kansas City Chiefs have older running backs in front of him um, and a couple of hurt ones too. So although he hasn't been getting a whole lot of production yet or even a whole lot of chances, I think it's just a matter of time until he has a breakout. If you can find an owner who has Darwin Thompson and they're a little bit impatient or want to move on from him early, I would target him, try to go after him, because I think it's only a matter of time. 
till he's going to get a big chance. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating to watch him because he's obviously really talented. The only thing I can think is maybe he isn't reading pass protections correctly, and that's why he's not getting that chance. But he's a really good running back, and like you said, he's got two fairly older injury-prone people in front of him. So I agree, he's a yeah. he's a great option. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and go next. Um, my guy's James Conner. I know we talked about him just a little bit earlier, and I know if you drafted him, you drafted him with very high capital, um, and you're very disappointed with what he's done so far. So so far this year, through three weeks, he's the RB30 in a points-per-game basis. But that's exactly why I say to go get him, because it's very easy to be frustrated with that offense and what you're seeing. But I just want to remind people, last year in 2018, and I know we can't directly go based off last year, a lot of things have changed, but he was the RB7 on a points-per-game basis last year. So I just think with the movement at quarterback, with Mason Rudolph stepping in, they've got a young guy, they're going to have to run the football more. They still have an elite offensive line. They're going to have to lean on those guys a little bit to start winning football games. So I definitely see them trending in that direction, at least emphasizing the run a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's... uh... Go to the next part, which is the people that it's time to move on from. And I'll start. This might be fairly obvious, but Dante Moncrief, again, wide receiver with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We seem to be talking about them a lot, but he's had horrible production in weeks one and two. And it was so bad that they basically benched him and then made him inactive last week. I don't see anything uh, coming for him anytime soon they've got Deontay Johnson they've got Juju Smith-Schuster and they got James Washington which I think all three are better not only better but playing better well even Switzer so I think is probably the better option he went from the wide receiver two to the wide receiver five in the matter of what two games yeah so so if you have him on your roster even a dynasty roster a deep dynasty roster I think it's time to move on and pick up somebody you know, like the Trevor Davis or somebody who you want to just put on your bench and try to hit home run with later. Yeah. And to build off that, I'm going to agree with the same thing about this next guy. And I know I've talked about him, but it's Kyle Rudolph. I just, there are so many more options that are, I mean, they're limitless. You can pick a second string tight end that just feels like they're going to produce more than Kyle Rudolph is going to on that offense. And I just, you don't even see it moving in a positive direction. He's on the field. He's getting the snaps. He's just not getting any of the volume, so I just don't see that changing. Yeah, so there's just no volume get out on that from team. underneath him. Okay, the next segment. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. And what this is basically is the good are players that we're predicting are going to have a really good week coming up. The bad, obviously, players that are going to have we predict are going to have a bad week. And the ugly are those players that you may not want to play. They may look ugly on your roster, but they're probably going to produce this week. So give them a shot. Adam, won't you kick us off? Who's your good player of the week? So I'll start us off with Mr. Marlon Mack. Um, obviously, he's been a high production guy, but I don't think any of that changes this week. He's definitely getting the volume. He seems to be getting 20 plus touches every single week. And I just, I don't really see that changing. Like I said, they've got an immaculate offensive line Brissett has impressed and they've got a lot of weapons around the board they cannot just key on their running game so they're playing Oakland this week giving up 18 and a half points per game to opposing fantasy running backs who just gave up 211 rushing yards to the Minnesota Vikings who we know can run the football but so can a Marlon Mack and um, the Indianapolis Colts yeah really the only downside for Mack is the lack of pass catching and right. I don't know that it's going to matter in this matchup you know he sees more than he did last year That's though true. so I think he definitely upticked from year over year. Now, obviously, yeah. they have Naeem Hines there who's going to take... And uh, does Jordan Wilkins take much of the passing game? Jordan Wilkins generally doesn't play much as long right. as Marlon Mack plays, so I wouldn't think so, he's a concern. I, it's still there. There's still the availability for it, but we'll see how they use him going forward. But I absolutely agree. The The running volume is there, and he's averaging four and a half, five yards a carry. So yeah, he definitely... could have 20 rushing attempts. Yes. Yeah. No problem. So my good player of the week is Sammy Watkins, and I know if you have him, you're probably playing him, and you might be a little frustrated because he's gone two weeks in a row and hasn't done much. But the ironic thing is he's getting all the targets. I mean, he's getting as many targets as Mecole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson put together. Yeah, He's just not – he hasn't had the fortune to turn them into touchdowns, uh, probably because he's drawing number one coverage with Tyreek Hill still out. However, they're playing the Detroit Lions. They're not terribly good against the pass. Uh, no one's good against Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. So 
I I would stick with him. I really think he's going to have a bounce back week this week. He's due. I think they're actually going to maybe even try to get him the ball a little bit more because you want to keep everyone happy. And I'm predicting a couple of TDs and over 100 yards receiving. Wouldn't surprise me. And I think if you're the Sammy Watkins owner, you're just happy that he's still healthy, to be honest. I mean, (laughs) we know we've seen in the past that he's been such a risk at wide receiver, but it's just nice to see him on the football field. Mm -hmm. It's that cold blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we'll start with my uh, good player, Carry On Johnson, staying on the same uh, field here. He's playing Kansas City. They allowed Mark Ingram three touchdowns last week. Uh, Carry On has been getting better. He's been getting more snap share and – I'm assuming Detroit's going to be down because, like you said, no one can stop Kansas City, so they're going to have to rely on his pass-catching ability, and they're mm-hmm. probably going to be catching up. So mm-hmm. that puts him in the game more often than someone like Ty Johnson, you would hope. Right. So I think he's going to have a good week, and you can fire him up. I think that's a good call. All right, let's go on to the bad. Adam, get us kicked off here. Uh, who's your bad player this week? I hate to say this because I do own him in a league. but I do too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with David Johnson. He's actually been, um, and maybe you can say this in just a little bit. I don't know. You sent me an odd stat of a comparison between yeah. him and Devonta Freeman. But anyway, he's playing uh, the fourth-ranked rushing defense uh, in the NFL in Seattle, who was just gashed by Kamara last week. We know that was actually more through the air. I think he had nine for ninety-two through the air. Yeah. Um, and obviously, David Johnson is that way, but the offense just isn't quite as potent as it. Uh, can be probably in the future so i think uh the more of an expectation i have is maybe a week like he had against baltimore maybe very touchdown dependent to save his week i just don't see the production being there for him this week yep with that said he could have touchdown he could be just fine he could be don't don't bank on it he seems to eke one out every every week but i agree with you it's this week so it makes me a little nervous yeah those comebacks from the cardinals really they they make you feel uncomfortable until the fourth quarter and then you start being okay with your players yeah you you start breathing again yeah so all right well my bad player prediction this week is not gonna make too many people happy because a lot of people spent a whole lot of fab budget to pick him up but mine's wayne gallman uh, the Redskins are pretty good against the run. <laughs> I know. The Redskins are pretty decent against the run, and they're pretty weak against the pass. So I'm expecting Daniel Jones to come out, fire the ball around. He looked good doing it last week. Gallman is no Saquon Barkley. And, you know, I just feel like he's going to struggle. I don't think he's going to get as much opportunity because he's going to struggle. So, you know, I'm predicting maybe 12 touches for 60 yards. He might luck out and get a touchdown if someone's tackled at the one. But even then, Daniel Jones is probably a better running back, in my opinion. So um, he may still not get the goal line carry. Yeah. But anyway. I agree. Very similar to David Johnson. I think they're almost yeah. touchdown dependent this week. So yeah. Right. We'll see what they get. Right. All right. And I will go with my bad player for the week as Carson Wentz. Um, a lot I'd of people. To hear it, baby. Well, you know, Carson Wentz, a lot of people really liked him this year. And, um, He's been okay, but he hasn't been really what you've expected. Um, but this week, he's playing Green Bay, who have allowed, here's their last three games, 213 yards with zero touchdowns, 230 yards with one touchdown, and 228 yards with zero touchdowns. I know that it was not the caliber of Carson Wentz, um, but Carson Wentz is definitely missing Deshaun Jackson, may have a banged-up Alshon Jeffrey. Dallas Goddard is out, so a lot of his weapons are gone. And to top all that off, he's playing on a Thursday, which is typically bad news for an offense and good news for a defense. So I would uh, try to steer away from playing Carson Wentz if you have that option. I hope you're right. I have Green Bay defense. (laughs) I'm pulling for you on that one. Okay, let's move to the last part of this. This is the ugly. Again, these are players that we're predicting are going to have a good week. They just might look ugly on your roster. So Adam, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so this guy may come as a surprise because I'm assuming that you may have started him the first three weeks, but uh, my guy's Joe Mixon, and he's looked absolutely hideous for the first three weeks. Last week, he was saved by a touchdown. He um, looked a little bit better, but that offense, I think they're the last, they're ranked last in rushing um, and yards per game basis, so I just, I think our expectation for Joe Mixon is going to be almost matchup based at this point, which is exactly why I have him in this ugly position because... He plays the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 28th against the run and 28th in points allowed. So I definitely feel like the touchdown, he's not touchdown dependent, but I can definitely see them leaning on him in this game. Well, we were talking about this earlier. Um, 
the Pittsburgh Steelers have a really bad defense, but they're good for fantasy, which is kind of interesting. And to top that off, um, Andy Dalton, you know, there's the thing that's primetime Andy Dalton is not an Andy Dalton you want to start. And this is a primetime game. So that to me says they're probably going to try to get the ball in the running back's hands if things go south. So I agree. He's probably, at the very least, he's going to have a lot of volume. Right. Which if you have volume, that means you have opportunity. Well, and they just cannot stop a nosebleed, it seems yeah. like, this year. You're right. They're not winning football games for some odd reason. Their fantasy value is yeah. higher than it should be, probably. But I agree. Definitely a plus matchup for him in this week. Yep. It's sad that he's an ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So uh, my ugly player this week is Justin Jackson. The Chargers are playing Miami. That might be enough said. But they're probably going to be up on Miami early, so we may be able to expect a more of a ground attack. Uh, you know, especially late in the game. Uh, Jackson's been kind of getting in there later. So uh, I think he's going to probably get a lot of garbage time production. You know, he could even maybe eke out a couple of touchdowns. So I think he he could have a really good week this week. And, you know, if um, Melvin Gordon is truly coming back, it might actually motivate Eckler and Jackson to have a little bit even better game than what they've been putting up. So. All right, well, we're going to go from uh, one ugly former Sooner to the next. <laughs> My ugly player this week is Sterling Shepard. Um, obviously, he had a little bit of a breakout last week, but when you have a new quarterback, things tend to get skewed, and people are they don't know whether or not that was a, a ghost of Daniel Jones or if that's what to actually expect. But uh, they're playing Washington this week, who allowed uh, 154 yards and a touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, 269 yards and three touchdowns to Dak Prescott, and 231 yards and three touchdowns to Mitchell Trubisky. Those are not great offenses. I mean, obviously, Dallas has been pretty good, but aside from that, um, you know, you said that they couldn't stop a nosebleed. I I feel like that's kind of how Washington has been. And, you know, Shepard and I think also Evan Ingram are probably going to be hyper-targeted due to no Saquon, and you have Wayne Gallman, who's not that pass that prolific pass catcher like Saquon so I think those two are going to be big benefits of that so I see yeah. Shepard is having a pretty good game good call all right well that'll do it for uh our the good the bad and the ugly segment you guys got any last comments good luck this week yeah oh yeah we like to mention take your Thursday night guys out of your flex position if you can uh good point yep. good point All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We'd love to hear from you. So please send us an email at dynastyguysff at gmail.com. That's dynastyguysff at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at dynastyguysff. That's at dynastyguysff. Hey, thanks again for listening and please join us for our next podcast. See you. Appreciate it. Bye.